Hello. Well, it must be the most expensive letterbox in the whole world. The defamation case that we heard about earlier this year has just been reversed on appeal. And who's in charge of the minutes? The secretary or the strata manager? I'm Jimmy Thompson. And I'm Sue Williams. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. There's been a new decision, an appeal in the case of the defamation. Yes, yeah, so this was a case, I think, of um, a building that became mired in legal action after a dispute about the use of a letterbox, wasn't it? Is that the one? Yeah, I mean, what had happened was that one of the tenants in the building had decided to leave her letterbox unlocked. It's one, you know, one of these standard aluminium letter boxes that you see outside buildings with a narrow, narrow, yeah, entry. opening for mm. letters. And she decided that uh, she'd rather leave hers unlocked so that the post office could deliver small packages, which she wouldn't then have to go all the way to the post office to pick up. And the chairman of the building got quite annoyed about the letterbox being left open, and he why? Well. His logic was that um, eventually, after several complaints to her about leaving a letterbox open, he said that he'd been told that criminals could open her letterbox, see the code of the lock, and use that to get a passkey that would open all the other letterboxes. Really? That's what he said. Okay. All right. And um, what happened then? Well, you know, this was at the end of quite a long dispute between the two of them. And uh, the lady in question uh, wrote uh, a note to everybody in the building. Basically, it was to the chairman, but copied to everyone in the building, accusing him of a number of things, including being a coward and bullying her. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more guaranteed to set off a, yeah, you know, yeah. a tsunami, um, really. Yeah, and... Um, he sued her. Uh, he started for an defamation. For defamation. Um, and the district court earlier this year found that he had been defamed and awarded damages of one hundred and twenty thousand wow. dollars against the tenant. Wow, that's a lot of money. That was a big shock. Everybody, mm. everybody was surprised. A lot of people were surprised at the verdict, but uh, most people were surprised at the amount of damages mm. and costs as well, of course, were included in that. Right. So, not entirely surprisingly, the lady in question went to the appeals court mm. and last week they overturned the verdict. Goodness. It's amazing, isn't it? They said that there was qualified pr privilege, okay? So, uh, as we often discuss that when you discuss things within your owner's corporation, there has to be a certain amount of freedom to discuss things about the management of the building. Okay, So as long as it's kept within that closed group, then you have what's called qualified privilege. And because she'd only sent this, copied this to 16 residents of the building, then her qualified privilege was intact. Right. If she'd, have, if she'd copied it to somebody else, like... Um one of the tradesmen who works in the building or something, then yep. that would have ruined yep. the, the qualified privilege. Or if she'd put it on a notice board or something like that. Mm. Yep. And Or, as the, the one of the judges in the appeal case 
uh, said if it had gone on social media. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah, then, you know, it would have been published to a wider body who didn't need to know about the inner workings of this particular building. So the judge overturned the case and awarded all costs against the original plaintiff. Against the chairperson? Yes, and if you count up the costs of the first trial and the second trial, one of our legal Eagle Friends says it could be as much as $400,000. <gasps> wow. Yeah. So this guy, the chairman, has gone from being $120,000 up. I hope he didn't spend it all at once. <laughs> to $400,000 down, which is a split of half a million dollars. Wow. Which, can he appeal that? I don't know. I think he probably can go to the high court. Mm. Um, and appeal it there, but eventually you run out of of appeals. And you would think the higher you go, the more expensive it gets. Wow. Do do we know if the tenant still lives in the same building? No, she doesn't. She's gone. That's very wise, Mm. isn't it, really? Because would he be able to get the money from um, the Strata Fund, or would he? it would be an individual? It, It sounded like the original case was brought by him personally. Yeah. In which case, I mean, if I lived in that building, I would certainly have something to say about the chairman saying, OK, I've lost, but you all have to pay for it now. Sure. I think that would only kind of come into effect, really, if they had an executive committee meeting and everyone agreed that this would be a letter from the executive committee to the tenant. You know, yep. if you, yep. And a really official letter on official note paper. And, yep. and um, then she'd responded to that. Because mm, yep. don't forget, he was the one who brought the original case against her. Sure. So Mm. it would have to have been something done by the committee or by the owners' corporation as a whole to take action against her. And I don't think you can defame uh, an owners' corporation. You can't defame a corporation. No, that's true. You can. Only individuals. Only individuals, yeah. Mm. So what are the lessons to be learned from this, Jimmy, do you think? The reaction to the first result was that um, everybody went, oh, we have to be a lot more careful about what we say in our Mm. communications uh, with you know, individuals in the buildings. And I think that still applies. Because, you know, there's, a, there's somebody who's written to the Flat Chat Forum just yesterday saying, you know, we've got this Facebook group and it's a closed group only for people who live in the building. And we have to identify ourselves, obviously, because it's a Facebook thing. But can we criticize the strata manager? Can we criticize the caretaker or whoever? Can we criticize the committee? And the answer is, well, yeah, but it mustn't be malicious. Mm, can't go too far. You can't go too far. And there are other ways of criticizing. Uh, the example I use is if your strata manager in New South Wales says, no, you cannot have a bylaw forbidding uh, short-term rentals, that's not correct. Now, there's two ways of dealing with that. One is to say publicly or in this group, the strata manager is totally wrong, he's an idiot, you can do this. Or you can say, well, that's not what we've heard from other sources. And here are those other sources. And let people make up their own minds Mm. about how idiotic or otherwise the strata manager is. It's kind of this thing about etiquette on the internet, isn't it, really? Kind of good manners. You wouldn't really call an idiot an idiot to his or her face, necessarily. But people feel very unrestrained from doing so. Well, they think they're anonymous. They feel anonymous. I mean, we had that case in the UK of the woman who was 
writing terrible things about, uh, I think it was a, either an MP or a TV star. And people went to her and, and said, you know, you can't do this. You cannot say these awful things on the internet about people. And she said, no, I've got freedom of speech. I can say what I want. And the response was, no, you can't. And then suddenly she was being sued by these people mm. for a lot of money. And she took her own life Yeah. when she realized how much trouble she'd got herself into. I mean, you'd have mm. to guess that she wasn't a terribly stable person to begin with. Sure. But, you know, that thing that you say about the anonymity of, of the Internet, you know, putting stuff out there, criticizing people, criticizing them personally, and criticizing their honesty or their morality or, or whatever. It's a dangerous area. Yeah. And you don't need to get into it. No, ask Israel Folau, I suppose. Well, know. I wouldn't ask Israel Folau for the time, <laughs> let alone for his opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of good manners, I suppose. It's interesting, I went to a restaurant the other night and there was a a complete stuff up in the orders. So in the end, I left because my meal didn't arrive. And the next day, I emailed the restaurant and said how disappointed I was by what happened because, you know, it's meant to be a really great restaurant. I'd been really looking forward to the evening out. And the restaurant came back and apologised and said, look, we're very keen to make amends and invited me back for a dinner um, at which the, the service would be impeccable. And it was kind of a nice offer. But when I did go back, they were saying, look, thank you so much for not putting that on social media. It was a complete stuff up by us. And we've changed our processes now so it won't, will never happen again but thank you for not putting on social media because that would have had a catastrophic effect on our business mm. and you can kind of see people get really angry and it's on facebook and instagram yeah. and yeah. everything um late at night when they've had a bit to drink or something and <laughs> they're really angry and hungry <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, they don't actually give people the, the room to apologize and make amends really mm. and it's a shame and it can be very damaging mm. it's funny because i do get the occasional abusive email somebody was on just last week. Um, and it's funny because you look at the time code and when the email has been sent, you know, anything after 10 o'clock at night, you mm. know, there's probably wine involved. And uh, <laughs> and this person was saying, you're wrong, you, you, you've missed the point and, you know, you've got it wrong again. And I had to go back to them. First of all, I had to respond and say, well, no, I'm not wrong and here's why. But then I basically said, look, you might want to consider toning things down a bit yeah because yeah. sooner or later you know i'm going to be the one who's had one glass of wine too many <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we'll be responding not that that would ever happen of course Jimmy. never never <laughs> never been known never i guess known. strata living is all about community and we need to kind of be careful in our communities and just safeguard other people and just deal with them with respect treat yeah. them with the kind of respect that we would like to be treated yeah and that that old saying of never ascribe to malice anything that can just as easily be explained by stupidity is, is <laughs> yes <laughs> is, is a, it's worthless it's worth remembering that um, before you fire off angry emails about anything really absolutely okay when we come back we're going to talk about what happens when you have a meeting and the strata manager sends out the minutes and they don't bear any resemblance to what went on in the meeting. What can you do? That's after this.
So you've just had a meeting and the strata manager sends out the minutes and you look at them and think, I don't think I was at this meeting. This meeting is completely different to the one I was at. What can you do about it? Well, why, why would a strata manager do that in the first place? Um, maybe he was mistaken. Maybe he fell asleep or during she. the meeting. Or she, absolutely. Sorry about that. Uh, maybe they fell asleep in the meeting. Maybe they wanted to make a point. Maybe the chairperson put a bit of pressure on them to kind of give a bit of a different skew on things. Mm. Maybe one of the items was, let's renew our strata manager, or let's not <laughs> renew the strata manager contract. Yeah, I guess there could be myriad reasons, really. And so what do you think you can do? Well, who's actually in charge of the minutes? Is it the is it the the committee themselves or is it the strata manager? The the committee employ the strata manager, don't they? Absolutely, but you know, in a lot of cases, they delegate certain functions, certain executive functions, to the strata manager. One of those being, and most commonly, secretary and treasurer. So you would think, okay, the strata manager is in charge of the agendas, and the strata manager is in charge of the the minutes. In fact, the strata manager is really technically, at the end of the day, only in charge of distributing the agenda and the minutes. Now, in an awful lot of cases, the strata manager will write the agenda as as directed by the secretary of the chair, and they will write the minutes in consultation with the secretary of the chair. But a lot of times, the strata manager just sends the stuff out, and you know, nine times out of ten, possibly more. Everything's fine, you know, mm. because most buildings, once everything settles down, um, if there's been an issue or if they're quite new, the AGM or whatever, it's pretty straightforward. So, you know, there's nothing very contentious a lot of the time. Yeah, it's just a lot of strata managers that I've discovered don't really spell very well. <laughs> but look, that's just because we're journalists and we're nitpickers. Yes, but. Well, maybe they should have strata manager spell check, a special, a special <laughs> version of it for, for strata managers. But in the case that is on the Flat Chat Forum, there was a motion to only extend the strata manager's contract by three months. That's In New South Wales, that's the standard now for if you're not going to renew, you can get to the end of the contract and say, well, we need you around, but we're only giving you a three-month contract while we decide whether we're going to renew your contract for another three years or find someone else. So that had been an amendment. There had been uh, a motion to renew the contract. Uh, One of the committee put up an amendment that uh, renew it, but only for three months, which is a valid amendment because it's not changing the nature of the original motion. And, (laughs) And when it came up in the minutes, it's like, it was almost no mention of the amendment, and uh, it was mm. just it was just item thirteen rejected. And they went through the minutes and basically said, "No, didn't as you said, bears no relation to what we decided." Now they were thinking we have to wait another year for the next AGM because that's the next age, the next general meeting is when the minutes are approved or otherwise. But I don't think so. I think you just say, "Look, these minutes were in error." And here are the what the minutes should have said. You send that to the strata manager and you say, please distribute with a note saying the original minutes were in error. Here are the real minutes. And if anybody has a problem with that, then they can take it to NCAT or whatever. And I guess that um, phrase was really important that they'd agreed to amend them for just three months because 
you know, if you do finish a strata manager's contract, you have to give them a certain amount of notice. Mm. So if that wasn't documented properly, then you might find yourself in strife when you do try and dispense with their services. Yeah. So yeah. it had to be minuted. I mean, it used to be, until the law changed in 2016, it used to be that strata managers had to be given something like six months notice. Six months notice that you might not renew their contract. Wow. And and of course, then they could have five-year contracts or 10-year contracts or whatever. Now it's strictly limited to one year for the first year of a building and then a maximum of three years thereafter. And most of the strata managers you, you speak to, they're comfortable with that. You know, mm. they get it. Mm. They realize that even if they wouldn't coast and cruise along themselves, there are other people in the industry who would just lock themselves into a five or seven year contract and then do nothing sure. until the last year. And uh, so most responsible strata managers would uh, are quite happy with that. But there is still a, a process that you have to go through. Um, and maybe in future they should say to the strata manager, if you're writing the minutes, send them over to the executive committee. We should look at them first and yeah. just double check them and then send them back to you with any amendments ready to send out. That should be the process for everyone, really. It really should, yeah. You know, just as a general rule. I mean, you can't make it the law, but just for the good management of buildings. Yeah, and if the secretary on the executive committee writes the minutes, then they should send them to the strata manager for a double check as well. Yeah. You know, fair's fair. Yeah, well, the, the strata manager does have an important role to play in these things, which is that they, they can tell. For instance, you know, if you put up a bylaw and change the wording slightly and it's no longer a valid bylaw, mm. then they can come back and say, no, that's either that's not what you decided or, well, maybe you did decide that, but you're not entitled to make those kind of bylaws. Or if you write down that idiot John Brown... Made no yeah. sense at all in the executive committee meeting. Yes. He should be fired immediately. The strata manager can say, no, that's a very dangerous thing to to say. Well, you, you just insulted all the John Browns. Who Sorry, John to Browns. <laughs> it's, it's a generic term. In, in future, we'll use Joe Blow. That's an easy oh, one. Oh, okay. I bet there's one out there as well, constantly <laughs> suing people. Um, right. So we've sorted all that out. If your minutes come back and they're wrong, you've just rewrite them, send them to the strata manager and say, this is the, the valid minutes. Please send these out um, before anybody gets the wrong idea. And when we come back, we're just going to be looking into something we call apartmentitis, which is when you have a lock up and leave apartment and it makes you really slack when you then start traveling. That's after this. So we're back and we're talking about travelling. Yes, yes, our favourite subject. That's really. one of your things, isn't it? You're a travel writer. Yeah, and one of the wonderful things about apartments is they are so easy to lock up and leave. And I think that's a big sales pitch now, particularly for downsizers, um, mm. moving from big houses that, you know, you've got to look after the gardens and you've got to look after the mailbox and, you, you know, it's really quite hard. Whereas now they can go into apartments, you can just pack up your suitcase and go. But the problem is with that is that some of us are getting extremely lazy. It's so mm. easy mm. that we forget to do some of the most basic checks when we do travel. Yes, I know this because I used to have a little office and I 
Uh, and in fact, I used the opportunity that I was going overseas to close the lease on my office and I packed everything up and put it in storage and forgot that my desk drawer is where I had my Australian passport. Mm. Uh, no, I tell a lie. It was my UK passport that I locked away and I was going to the UK, so it would have been quite handy. What so did you do instead? You I, used t- I used my Australian passport, but I got to Heathrow and uh, had to go through the foreign travellers queue and I remember the woman on the desk who was also Scottish looked at me and she said you're born in Dumfries it says why aren't you using your British passport and I said well I had this office and she just said no please stop (laughs) just just go just go go through and we had some friends who um, apartment dwellers and, and they just kind of go off at a moment's whim and they arrived in Australia from their apartment in London um, with less than six months on their passport. Ah. And so that was a real problem as well. When yes, they were, they were I, rem- I remember that. Mm. Yes, so, they, they, they had six months on their passport when they left. Yeah. But when they went back via Singapore, I think it well, was. Well, they were going via Bali. But right. Bali wouldn't let them in with six months, ah. less than six months on their passport. So right. we had the big farewell, the fond farewell, the tears, and then suddenly they were back again. <laughs> Well, because the, the airline, the airline wouldn't plane. let them on the plane, yeah. yeah. So they had to go somewhere else instead. Yeah, and then there was our friend, their veteran, world travellers. Um, but once he went off for a three-week trip, having packed six pairs of sunglasses and one pair of underpants. Which <laughs> <laughs> getting his priorities slightly wrong there. Mm. By the way, while we're talking about travel, our sister website, our travel website, uh, which is called mildrover.com, is pretty much up and running again. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So uh, it's got very little to do with apartments apart from the lock up and leave thing. And I think that's true what you say, that there's a lot of people, one of the things they enjoy about living in apartments is that provided they don't have any pets, they can just lock the door and because apartments are secure, much more secure than houses, when they come back, everything is pretty much the way they left it. Mm. Apart from all the plants will have died. but uh, <laughs> Unless they've got in an apartment sitter. Yeah, yeah, or just somebody. And, and that's the other thing about living in apartments is that you can always get a neighbour to pop their head round the door and, and come in and water the plants and things and make sure, sure everything's okay. Which is harder to do with a house, especially if they've got a garden. Well, yeah, on that backyard. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, so the it's mildrover.com. That's M-I-L-D rover.com. And uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. We've got some, some bargains there as well. I've managed to dig up from the various press releases that get sent to us. So. Sounds good. And some of those are last minute bargains, aren't they? So they are. So don't, don't hang around. You need to live somewhere that you can just lock up and leave. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Don't forget your pets. Or your underpants. (laughs) All right, Sue, thanks very much for coming in today and chatting to us. Lovely to be here, Jimmy. And uh, we'll talk to you all again next week. Bye. Bye. If you enjoy these podcasts, and would you still be listening if you didn't, you can subscribe free of charge on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and lots of other podcast platforms. As I said, it's free of charge, and that means the podcast will be delivered directly to your phone, laptop, or computer as soon as it's published. You'll find links at the end of the show notes, that's the related story, on the Flat Chat website. 
and the website is where you go to find the stories we've been discussing today, as well as about 10 years of archives and, of course, your questions and answers on the Flat Chat Forum. Just log in to flat-chat.com.au to ask a question or, even better, answer someone else's. Okay, thanks for listening. I'm Jimmy Thompson. Talk to you again soon.